Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This episode is brought to you by Epsilon and their award-winning People Cloud Loyalty Solution. I'm always delighted to have Epsilon on board as a sponsor, and particularly today as they were just named a leader in the Forrester Wave Loyalty Solutions Q2 2021 report with the top score in the current offering category. This report is designed to help you as marketeers find the perfect partner for your loyalty program. So to download your copy of the report, visit epsilon.com forward slash let's talk loyalty. Hello, it's great to have you listening on the show today. For any of you who get as excited as I do when I see a new loyalty program launching, today I have a real treat in store for you. Built Rewards is the world's first loyalty program that rewards you for paying rent. And by that, yes, I mean the money that so many of us spend every single month to pay rent for our home. It's a really big idea and a remarkable loyalty industry innovation. So today, I was thrilled to be able to chat to industry veteran Dave Canty. Director of Loyalty and Partnerships at Built Rewards to share this incredible idea with you on today's episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. So, Mr. David Canty, please do tell me, what is your favorite loyalty statistic? Hey, Paula, how are you? Um, I think my favorite loyalty statistic is uh, redemption breeds loyalty. I know that that's a a favorite uh, amongst others, but I've always been a huge advocate um, for the customer. Um, So I've always invested in the customer proposition. And I think the customer only really gets to realize that when they redeem. Um, So to me, making sure that the hurdles and the entry into redemption um, are achievable uh, and encourageable then that's, that really kind of allows you to engage with your members earlier in the process. Lovely, lovely. I think I've often used the word integrity, Dave, when I talk about, you know, what makes a loyalty program successful. And without naming names, one of the first programs I worked on had an agency that actually didn't have that same level of customer centricity. Uh And they were basically earning, in fact, a fixed fee, regardless of the rate of redemption. And obviously then they were disincentivizing it. So I know it's a big issue for the industry. You know, what's a healthy redemption rate? What's a healthy reward rate? But actually, um, it's something um, I know, for example, American Airlines also alluded to, and I'll be dying to get into your kind of airline background. Mm -hmm. Um, But the whole idea of the speed to redemption and making sure that that redemption actually happens. I think probably, I suppose, because the airline industry started the whole kind of loyalty industry. Would you say it's, it's there that you got that kind of insight from? Um, probably, um, I probably got the insight more, uh, on the hotel side, but, okay. um, um, if I, if I look at my airline experience, um, when I worked for JetBlue, I did have the opportunity to really kind of reimagine what loyalty can be in the airline industry, certainly in the United States. Okay. Um, JetBlue was the the first major airline to introduce a revenue-based program in the United States. Yes, yeah. At at the time, it was was leading edge. um, And other airlines, all the majors basically said, that's not going to work. And they they have all subsequently followed. Yeah. Um, And I think by going to a revenue-based model at that point in time, it allowed the relationship between the revenue management team and the loyalty team to really come together as one. Okay. Because before, um, airlines um, were very much forced down the the path of um, capacity controls and so forth. But now by going to a revenue-based model, it allowed you to really kind of open up all the inventory on the aircraft for redemption. Wow. And I, and I think that 
basically was um, an opportunity for us to reimagine how loyalty programs can play a part and mm. be a significant positive um, within the the airline um, wow. from that from that point forward. Up yeah. to that point, I think the 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 relationship between revenue management and loyalty was always viewed as loyalty was a cost center. Yeah. Um, and I think um, changing that mindset was was hugely important. And can I ask you, Dave, just on that point, did consumers understand that or how did the consumers react? Because I think it's genius. And as, as many of my listeners know, I'm ex-British Airways, I'm ex-Emirates, uh, mm-hmm. didn't have an incredible role like you did with JetBlue. But did the consumer understand the difference and why you were making that very important strategic decision? At the time, it was a it was a huge risk for for us um, at JetBlue to to take that step um, because it required us to not only believe in what our strategy was um, and and be patient with it, but it also required us to educate the customer base. Yeah. Um, and when you have a the majority of the the traveling public in the United States at that time were essentially conditioned into mileage based programs. Yeah, um, there was a reluctance in uh, to accept this this new model. Mm. Um, so it required us to kind of keep focused on the long game here and um, educate customers about the fact that this was actually going to be better for them over time. Okay. okay. Um, and by showing them that redemption was available to them a lot earlier mm-hmm. um, helped with that message. Uh, because all of a sudden, where traditionally you had programs that were opening up their inventory at, let's say, 25,000 miles, mm. um, we were now opening that up at 5,000 wow. uh, points. And allowing people to get to that kind of level uh, early and Mm. and quickly was hugely advantageous to us because it allowed us to really demonstrate that what we're actually bringing to the market is going to open up so many other opportunities and stimulate reward travel. Yeah. Um, So, yes, there was was an an element of... um, there was, a, there was an element of hesitation from the public in acceptance. Okay. Um, but um, over time, I think they realized that actually this makes a lot of sense. And when you started to see the adoption rate continuously grow mm. um, and you saw redemption rates continuously grow, mm. um, then that allowed us to, to really tell the story. Mm. And I also think it's important as well to con- to have this continuous dialogue with your customer base. Mm. So what we were doing was we were introducing something very new. Mm-hmm. We were asking them to uh, adopt, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, we were also asking our partners to change okay. their mindset. Yeah, um, yeah. And by by being able to to demonstrate that um, you're you're uh, you're getting to a reward earlier, mm-hmm. um, we were able to show over time that the adoption of the program, not just at the core, but through the partner ecosystem as well, mm. um, actually went. Uh, skywards. It was tremendous. I'm sure exponential growth. I'm sure was it. It was significant growth, triple digit. My goodness, my goodness. Wow. Talk about a career-defining campaign. Yeah, I wouldn't, um, it hasn't ended there, but it certainly certainly helped. Okay, okay. So I think 26 years I counted in total of uh, direct loyalty experience. Any other highlights that you'd mention? Because we've talked about, obviously, JetBlue. I think you were eight years as Director of Loyalty and Partnerships with JetBlue. Um, You had time with Starwood and also IHG. So what other stands out, I suppose, uh, in terms of things you're particularly proud of in your loyalty career? Yeah, so the 11 years with Starwood um, were terrific because um, I was there actually 
pre-Starwood. Okay. I was I was there uh, with ITT Sheraton, um, and when Barry Sternlicht, um, who was the the CEO and founder of Starwood, um, when when he acquired the the brands of ITT. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was subsequent to an, acqu- an acquisition of a small hotel brand at the time mm-hmm. uh, called Weston, believe it or not. Beautiful. Um, um, so Weston had a program called Weston Premier and mm-hmm. we had a program called Sheraton Club International. Mm. And the remit then was we need one program and make it the best program in the world. Wow. Um, and... <laughs> When wow. you get when yeah. you get that kind of um, direction, um, yeah. it's it's both um, a challenge, but at the same time, it's it's really kind of liberating because it allows you to kind of attack things from a yeah. white space. Yeah, and I think I, I think um, where we where we've end where we ended with SPG. Mm-hmm. Um, basically was industry transform transformative. Okay. Um, it became one of the most loved programs in the world. Yeah. And yeah. So I've been lucky in the sense that uh, I was part of SPG from the very, very beginning. Mm. Um, and to, to see that get embraced by the, the traveling public um, mm. in the hospitality space uh, was hugely rewarding. Okay. I kind of took a step uh, to the right then, which was kind of really interesting as well. Um, when when I joined AutoZone um, yes, yeah. in, in the US, um, and some people, um, because I was only there for a year, uh, it tends to get glossed over. But it's yeah. it was an amazing experience because it was the first time I'd ever kind of stepped into um, the retail space. Okay. And what really intrigued me about that opportunity was, um, again, it was, we don't have a loyalty program. We actually don't know what the hell we want. <laughs> and um, can you help us? And so that started from a blank sheet of paper as well. Okay. Um, and the, the, the way that that completely transformed sales Yes. Uh, same store sales mm-hmm. um, for AutoZone, which is the largest auto part, part store in the United States. Wow. At the, at the time, it had 5,000 stores. My goodness. And I think the thing that really intrigued me about that was AutoZone owned all those stores. They weren't wow. franchised. Okay. So by being able to create a program from scratch that um, more than doubles the um, average basket, uh, was hugely rewarding. Um, yeah. But I did have a realization at the time that uh, it, while I'm very proud of what we achieved at AutoZone, um, I did have a realization that uh, when once travels inside you, it's very hard to leave it go. Oh, um, totally. Yeah. So, yeah. so when, when JetBlue invited me back to, to New York, I kind of thought, you know what? I, I think it's... Um, I think I can leave the the car parts piece behind me, but um, it, but at the <laughs> yeah. sa- at the same time, um, it was a, it was a moment in my career that I'm very grateful for because and I'm great, very grateful to AutoZone for giving me the opportunity. It was yes. a terrific opportunity, and I learned an awful lot from it. Yeah, uh, because now you're looking at very small kind of um, average baskets. Um, and seeing how you can exponentially grow that yeah. and how you can influence uh, behavior. Wow. Um, and then, of course, IHG was a huge opportunity because mm-hmm. um, you were talking about, believe it or not, the first hotel program in the world. Oh, my goodness. Um, and at the time, it was the largest hotel program because it had 120 million members. My goodness. Uh, globally. Okay. Um, and that was that, and that was without that acquisition. Mm. So um, uh, running their programs, so we had multiple programs under the IHG arm. So you had Kimpton Karma, mm-hmm. um, which ultimately we we kind of we retired Kimpton Karma, but retained Kimpton Inner Circle. Okay. Um, and then you had the Intercontinental Ambassador, and of course within mm-hmm. that you have Royal Ambassador. Yeah. Uh, IHG Rewards, um, yeah. which, like I said at the top, was the the largest and first uh, hotel program. 
and having a program that kind of is relevant uh, across the world, uh, across multiple different brands to, mm -hmm. to different customer segments um, was amazing. Um, and then, of course, um, that leads me to, to where I am today with, with, with Built. Um, wow. And that's, 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 uh, that's something that um, I'm very proud of. Well, I mean, that's the main reason you're on the show today, Dave. Um, I had been very aware of your illustrious career, of course, um, with all of that fantastic work. So thank you for talking us through and firmly establishing your credentials. Um, but I honestly think Built Rewards is perhaps the most innovative concept that I have seen. And I think ever, like I'm consulting, you know, 10, 11 yep. years, uh, I can see you're nodding your head. Um, Built Rewards is, is literally renting should be rewarding. This is the tagline I've seen on the website um, mm -hmm. an entirely new proposition. You already use the word relevant and I know mm -hmm. you have a particular passion about why this concept is, um, first of all, I think essential and secondly, so, um, so powerful. So I'd love you to explain and introduce Built Rewards for the audience. Sure. Um, and um, I'd like to premise it by saying that I do actually believe um, that this is the most important loyalty program of my career. My goodness. Um, and it's something that I'm very, very proud of. Um, everything kind of starts with a mission. And so, so well, you, you think about what's the problem you're trying to solve, and yeah. then is there a mission that we can get behind? Mm. And one of the biggest challenges, certainly in the United States, I actually think this is probably a challenge globally, but... Let's start in the United States, mm -hmm. um, where young people uh, in the rental community today are spending the biggest portion of their monthly income is being consumed by rent. Yeah. And today they get nothing for it. Um, so while you might have retail programs, travel programs, um, and, and so forth. Yeah. A lot of those, um, uh, they don't add up to your largest monthly expense. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to see, was there a way in which we could start rewarding that type of uh, expense? But the more and more we kind of thought about, as we kind of were drawing this out on a board and saying, okay, how can we make rent more rewarding? We realized that there was a much bigger um, mission here. Okay. And what that is, is giving people a pathway to home ownership. Oh, wow. Um, so not only are you rewarding um, your on-time rent uh, payments, mm -hmm. we're also creating a pathway over time to home ownership. So how are we doing that? Yeah. Well, there's a couple of ways we're doing it. We're allowing you to um, obviously accumulate points based on rent. Mm -hmm. um, now you can now. By the way, you can use those points in many, many ways, and I'll get that into that in a second. Okay. But but you can also um, accumulate these points and use them towards a down payment on a home. Wow. A second stream to that is, and this is this is a little unknown um, that that we were surprised about when we were kind of building this out, but. Your highest monthly expense in the United States today mm -hmm. does not, if you pay on time payments, do not get reported to the credit agencies. So that in, in and of itself mm -hmm. um, is an opportunity because young people who are trying to build their credit scores yeah. um, over time, mm -hmm. we're not getting any credit for their largest monthly expense. My goodness. So, Built is now not only going to reward you for your rental payments, but we're mm -hmm. also going to report those on-time rent payments to the credit agencies and build your credit score. Okay. So that's significant because over the lifetime of a renter, mm -hmm. if, you, if you continuously build your credit score based on that highest payment, mm -hmm. that's actually going to save you thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of dollars wow. when you're trying to originate a mortgage. Okay. So we are building a pathway to home ownership. Mm -hmm. Now, 
I also said that uh, there are multiple other ways that you can earn. So mm-hmm. what we wanted to do was um, ensure that built members, while accumulating built points, we're going to be able to use those points towards rent, mm-hmm. but also we need it to be relevant in their everyday life. Okay. And the way that we're going to do that is by building an ecosystem of partnerships that allows them to uh, transfer on a one-to-one basis, by the way, into a number of different airline partners, um, hotels, mm. um, also into to fitness and lifestyle programs, We've also built out a very, very um, highly curated um, catalog um, with the built collection. Okay. We're also kind of introducing an educational element uh, through our editorials. Okay. Um, so a lot of people, certainly in the the millennial and Gen Z um, audience, and mm-hmm. I mean this very respectfully to, the, to, to them, but a lot of people hear about points and miles, currencies and whatever, and they don't really understand the true value. Sure. You know, now, some people can go to the point sky and there's some really great information there that, that you, can, yeah. um, you can source. Um, but what we want to do as part of the Build Rewards experience is also educate people on how they can maximize their currency. Okay. So what is the best way that you can use Build Rewards should you want to travel? So we, if, if you download the, the Build Rewards app, you'll be able to go into a lot of the editorials in there are very educational in mm, mm. Um, if you wanted to, let's say, travel to Dubai or beyond, Yeah. Um, what is the best way in which you can do that? And certainly with our partner, we have a partnership with uh, Emirates mm-hmm. um, that allows you to transfer your built rewards uh, into to Skywards. Mm-hmm. We've also got a partnership with American Airlines. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a partnership with Air France KLM, mm-hmm. um, Aeroplan, uh, Hawaiian Airlines, um, Turkish Airlines. So when you start, and uh, Virgin, we've also done a partnership with Virgin Points. Mm-hmm. So when you start looking at those airlines that we have within that ecosystem, we touch, we, we touch all three major alliances. Mm, Sky Team, yeah. One World, yeah. and Star Alliance. Mm. And then you've got um niche partners like emirates and yeah. hawaiian yeah um yeah. that really kind of bring a, a different level of experience mm-hmm. but allowing uh, our members access on a one-to-one basis to those types of partners yeah can be can be hugely rewarding absolutely but the other thing um you you, you mentioned the word relevant at, yeah. the, at the beginning yeah um relevancy to me is is key to everything that you should be doing in a logic program. You really okay. need to be relevant at every touch point. Yeah. And to me, and one of the reasons why I'm saying that built rewards is going to be the one of the most, if not the most important program of my career. Yeah. Is it truly is a lifelong loyalty program because Ooh. it's relevant from your very first rent payment yeah. all the way to home ownership. Mm-hmm. Now, that's significant. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when you start looking at those types of problems, so I spoke mm-hmm. about you start with the problem. Yeah. Um, you have uh, you have young people that are paying rents that are that are skyrocketing. Yeah. Um, wages are not kind of or salaries are not staying in line with with uh, the increase in in rent mm. and real estate so home ownership is getting further away mm. so by creating a program that puts you on the path to to that um i think is is truly rewarding so wow. it's been terrifically received oh my goodness and it's actually still brand new dave am i right i think you launched in june and here we are in august so kind of eight weeks old like literally hot off the presses <laughs> it, it is it is hot off the presses we launched it in um we launched it in june of uh june 22nd of 2021 yeah, yeah. so 
it's a program that um, there have been a lot of amazingly talented people in built have mm. kind of come together to create this. Yeah. Um, and it was all built through COVID, uh, which is even more astounding. Of course. Um, yeah. Because, you know, when I sat down with the, the founder um, and CEO, Anker Jane, yes. in, his new, in his New York office, and we discussed some of the ideas around, first of all, where this started was Anker um, had, had this idea and he asked me, how can we do this? Yeah. Um, and we sat down and we kind of ideated this and went over, uh, you know, we had a very long dinner, um, <laughs> which was quite enjoyable. But um, that was the night that that actually was the night when the world heard that Tom Hanks had got uh, COVID. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> and in the, in, in the United States, that was like, oh, my God, we need to take okay. this seriously. You totally. But, um, yeah. and, you know, I, 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 I probably say that tongue in cheek and I, and I don't mean to kind of, um, of to course. make light of light of COVID. But yeah. it was the night that 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 announcement came out. The NBA mm. shut down. Yes. Um, the president announced that uh, borders were being closed and so yeah. forth. Yeah. So um, all those things kind of happened, collided at the same time. So all yeah. of a sudden, yeah. we started building this team through Zoom. Um, and, you know, we were recruiting through Zoom. And it was, it, it was an amazing journey. My um, goodness. Yeah. But coming, coming together. Um, the other interesting thing about it was people ask me, um, about the fact, I can't believe this hasn't been done before. Exactly. Um, and, and, you know, I asked myself the same thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, but but some, sometimes the most simple uh, ideas are, are, are the best. Yeah. And I think, I, I think um, one of the keys to our success was really kind of looking at it holistically. Mm -hmm. So not only did we look at it from the consumer perspective, mm -hmm. um, but we also looked at it from the landlord perspective. This was going to be my question, actually, Dave. And, and I'm guessing that's the revenue model and that's essentially who's paying for the points. Am I right? Is that part of the overall need and, uh, and problem that uh, Anchor was trying to fix when he, when he came up with this vision? Yeah, so we, what we wanted to do was we wanted to be able to, to demonstrate to, to the landlord and real estate community that the cost of acquisition of a resident um, and the cost of retention of a resident um, is quite high. Mm -hmm. um, so being able to, to go to landlords and say, look, we can actually create a program that allows you to not only incent new new residents, mm -hmm. but also allow you to retain mm -hmm. good residents. Yeah, um, it just makes sense. Mm. So what we did was we we built what we're calling the pardon the pun, but we 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 created the built <laughs> rewards the built rewards alliance, okay. which is actually an alliance of all of the top real estate companies in the United States. They all basically became part of the Build Rewards Alliance, whether it be Related, whether it be Starwood, whether it be uh, Artemis, whether it be Camden, wow. all of them. They all came together to create the Build Rewards Alliance. And these are a group of owners who basically saw the value in creating a program that not only rewards on-time payment, because yeah. by the way, yeah. uh, rewarding on-time payment also um, gives the landlord an element of assurance that mm. they're going to get paid on time. Amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you so, had to create that alliance, Dave. Sorry to cut over you, but I was yep. wondering about this. So, so there wasn't an existing um, community of landlords who had identified the commercial problems, which clearly is their top pain point, I'm sure. Um, mm -hmm. But this was something that you essentially went to them and say, you know, we've noticed your pain point and we can see it matches up with the consumer pain point. And how about we fix that for you in between? Yeah, so not me personally, but um, certainly the company and the real estate team 
um, went out and explained, first of all, the proposition of built. Okay. Um, so all of all of those uh, organizations work as independent businesses. Okay. Um, and what we were able to do was say to them, mm. look, we're creating a program that we think can be helpful to you. Yeah. Um, so we kind of went on selling them on a vision mm-hmm. um, and asking them to kind of take, and by the way, not just the real estate partners, but all of our partners, we, we basically were asking them to take a leap of faith with us. Of course. Um, and I think they're, they're, it, it's been truly kind of validating to us that uh, so many have kind of come on board so quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um, to, to create this kind of ecosystem, mm. but certainly uh, getting the landlords and the real estate owners um, involved early mm. uh, was a, a huge shift yeah. because that really showed us that there was a significant interest in, in doing this. And it made sure that we could create a program that wasn't kind of like a onesie twosie fly by night. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw the level of ambition, Dave, as well. I'm not sure how far geographically uh, your real estate team has got. Um, Of course, I signed up in the hopeful anticipation that Dubai might be (laughs) next on the list because I'm renting. And I can tell you, I would love some Skyward Smiles or the likes in return. Um, But geographically then, given you're eight weeks old, as we've said, is it limited to New York at the moment? I know you're planning nationwide, certainly in the US, but what's, what's the vision? The vision is um, certainly uh, the the whole market of the United States initially. Okay. Um, now the the Build Rewards Alliance essentially just covers that. Okay. Um, so we're starting off with two million apartments uh, already as My part goodness. of the, the the Build Rewards Alliance. Wow. Um, so and if you think about that from the perspective of and that's just at launch. So yeah. If you, if you think about um, one and a half residents per unit, you all of a sudden you're at three million uh, build rewards members pretty totally. quickly. Yeah. Now yeah. we're we're you know, like 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 we've just touched on, we're like eight weeks in here, mm. so we're kind of we're we're kind of switching these properties on in a very kind of deliberate way because yeah, um, it's important for us to ensure that the the proposition is right. It's it's important for us to ensure that the 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 um, the residences are ready um, mm-hmm. to so okay. we you know operationally there's a lot of tra- yeah operationally we we need to kind of make sure the training is in place we mm-hmm. need to ensure that um, the residents understand the proposition yeah uh, and so forth and I also think one of the one of the one of the keys to success in any loyalty program, by the mm-hmm. way, not just okay. to build, but Great. any loyalty program, is continuously listening to your customer. Love it, yeah. And and one of the things, and I I've I've I have a reputation for making sure that we continuously engage with customers, and certainly at JetBlue when we created TrueBlue, yeah, and we and we took that kind of risk in creating a loyalty program based on revenue, mm. educating the the membership base. Yeah, the most important thing was listening to the customer. Yeah, hearing what their experience was, and then being able to adjust. Yeah, so. While, while our core proposition kind of out of the gate, um, we believe is very, very strong, mm-hmm. we want to continuously listen to the customer. Mm-hmm. And if there are ways in which we can tweak, evolve, adjust, and so forth yeah. going forward, we're going to do that. Okay. Um, now, a, a good example of that, if I can go back to JetBlue for a second, but a good sure. example of that is in, in listening to your customer base was mm. um, when we created um, TrueBlue uh, and we went from a distance-based model of mm. miles yeah. to now a revenue-based model, mm-hmm. we, we, we also understood that customers who were flying long distances regularly were always going to feel a little bit, hang on a second, this, this, 
doesn't add up. Okay. Um, and we introduced a thing back then called the go long bonus. And what that meant was if you had 10 flights um, that were over a certain distance, okay. um, we would reward you with 10,000 points. Okay. So I think when we first launched, mm-hmm. um, that, that distance number was about mm-hmm. 2,000 miles. Okay. And the, and the reason we had done that was mm-hmm. we were looking at people who were flying from east to west coast. Okay. okay. Yeah. And, and rewarding them. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember uh, quite proudly walk, uh, having a, a, a member event in Boston um, at the Boston Opera House. And we were, I was entertaining some, some uh, True Blue members and part of the conversation uh, with one particular member was, um, hey, I really like what you've done with True Blue, but there's one thing that really annoys me. <laughs> there's and always one. Go on. There's always one. But I, I, I kind of went, okay, well, I'm, I'm intrigued. And he said, that go long bonus um, yeah. really kind of gets to me because I fly from Boston to Denver every week. And it's just it, to me <laughs> sitting on the aircraft. I yeah. feel like I'm on that thing for four and a half hours, five hours. Yeah. And to me, that's a long haul. Okay. And I'm not getting that long haul bonus. <laughs> and I went back to the team with armed with that type of feedback and said, "Hey, what would happen? First of all, how far is Denver?" <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And we kind of, so we started looking at that, and and then I said, "Okay." what would happen if we reduced that yeah. from 2000 yeah. miles to, I can't remember what it was, let's say 1600. Okay. Um, what would happen? And what we realized was that would actually open up about 36 new routes that would okay. qualify yeah. for the, the go long. So we were able to take that type of feedback listening yeah. by listening to our customers. Yeah and implement a change to the model. Yeah. Uh, and then we were able to, you know, go out to our customer base and said mm-hmm. uh, with, with the, with the, the market that, look, we've been listening to you and we're adjusting based on what you're telling us Yeah. now. So that's just one example. I see us continuously doing that with built as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're going to continuously listen to our landlords and um, our, our, our partners. Yeah. And we're also going to listen to our residents. And if there are things that we can adjust, we'll, we'll make those adjustments. But we're very proud of the the proposition that we have. We think it's going to resonate. Yeah. Um, It, again, it's rewarding your highest monthly expense. And to me, um, yeah. that, that, that cannot be under, uh, you know, understated. It's genius. Honestly, I'd say your head nearly exploded. <laughs> I could just imagine that dinner meeting because you referred to it last time we spoke as well. So, and actually even I did look up your C- CEO as well, Dave, just because, mm-hmm. you know, I love to know, particularly with something that is so innovative. And uh-huh. I mean, I use that word. It's another of my favorite words, you know, like, what can we do that's totally different? Um, and I know that uh, Anchor Jane, your uh, CEO, worked in uh, Tinder, for example, and lots of other tech startups. So clearly has the type of mentality that I think often is quite missing in loyalty. I think a lot of us have been maybe around a little bit too long and we need to kind of stir things up a bit more. Yeah, I think um, I've been very fortunate to, to work with Anchor. Anchor... Um has got an, an infectious uh, energy wow, um, and an eagerness to continuously learn. Wow. Um, and it's, it's, it's quite awe-inspiring, actually, to be uh, working with him because when he first met with me, he, he quite, quite um, casually threw his hands up and said, look, <laughs> I have this idea, but I really don't know how to make it happen. Can you help? <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I certainly I was I was intrigued by the idea, but I've been more um, impressed with Anker's eagerness to learn. OK, he has been he's become a an incredible student of loyalty and the the, the whole science behind it. OK. Um, and 
he can probably almost explain the program better than I can at this point. Wow. Um, yeah. It's 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 extraordinary. So yeah, you know, from from somebody who has an idea, yeah, um, he he wasn't just interested in kind of having guys go and do it. Okay. He was also interested in understanding every single element of it, and okay. in doing that, that that kind of passion mm. feeds through the organization. Totally. So the culture of Built is yeah. about constantly learning about mm. all aspects of our business. Okay. I mean, I never thought that uh, I never thought that I'd be learning about real estate. Yeah. To me, it's a fascinating space, mm. and you know, it, it, I'm intrigued by it. The mm. whole banking side is yeah. really, really uh, extraordinary. Of course. Um, and then um, I have to shout out to, to our engineers because they have been phenomenal in yeah. not just kind of building this from scratch, but also building it in a way that allows us to continuously innovate yeah. um, and add different dimensions to it. Yeah. Um, but that that all comes from the top. That comes yeah. from Anker's energy. Mm. Um, you know, yeah, he 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 was part of Tinder, um, mm. but he 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 had businesses before Tinder. I mean, okay. Tinder acquired uh, his Tinder company. acquired his his company. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and as part of the Kairos uh, umbrella, um, that that uh, and Kairos is the company that. Um, Anker founded, okay. there are a number of different uh, companies that he's invested in, you mm. know, whether it be in healthcare, mm. um, uh, whether it be in um, the, the housing and education. So there's a number of different things um, that that Anker um, is very passionate about. Mm. But he's also passionate about bringing great ideas to life. Mm. Um, yeah. And I, th I think... Um, his his uh, I, I mentioned his his infectious kind of uh, personality. Yeah, um, that really kind of does inspire us all to kind of be at our very best at all yeah. times. Yeah, and I, and I think that's what gives me confidence for the future of where built can go. Yeah, it's because it that marries very very well with what I spoke about uh, in listening to your customer base. Yeah, so not being satisfied with what you've just developed today, but continuously looking to improve it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's the culture of built. Um, yeah. And that, that definitely stems from Anchor. Okay. And my final question was exactly about where can it go, Dave? Um, and, and, and I mean that in both ways. So first of all, geographically, can we first of all get it to our, our home country of Ireland? Because it would be remiss if I did not let my listeners know that Dave Canty is from Cork, uh, yeah, which is very exciting to up, me. Up the rebels. <laughs> <laughs> the Dublin-Cork rivalry may not be understood by everybody listening, but anyway, I'm sure you'll appreciate it. Um, so so geographically, I mean, is there an opportunity to do this around the world? And the second part of that question, Dave, is around, you know, commercial real estate. And we've already talked about COVID. I think commercial property is on its knees, uh, my understanding from outside of the industry. But do you think there's a possibility for a model to do this on the B2B side of real estate? Uh, I think there is. Um, but just just to be... To be um transparent i think it's important for us to get the the rental market right first for sure. yeah. for residential for north america um, yeah yeah and and, yeah. and, and, for, and for just for residential, just for residential. It, it, makes sense in, yeah immediately so oh, sure. you know that's that's the first thing we want to tackle we're we're 8 weeks into it we want to make <laughs> sure that we get it right yeah um but but it is an onion um, we, there are many layers to it. Um, and commercial is certainly a layer that we will, we will look at, okay. um, uh, geographically, uh, obviously our focus, um, is in the United States initially. Mm. Um, but certainly we think it is a portable, um, program, for sure. Um, and when we're when we're ready, um, I, I think you will see us look at opportunities um, yeah. uh, abroad. Yeah. Um, so we'll see where it goes. I, you know, we we get these questions all the time in the sense that we've yeah. launched and we're asking for feedback. 
and we're already <laughs> kind of getting we're already getting questions on the the commercial side. Yeah. We're getting que- we're getting questions on can you do it for mortgages? Yeah. Um, so so homeowners already are asking, well, can can you reward me for my for my mortgage? Yeah. There's multiple different things that we're going to look at. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important that you know we've made a commitment to the rental community yeah. to be a program that really allows them to to find some level of reward mm-hmm. from their rent and to to give them the opportunity yeah. to get on the ladder of home ownership. Wow. So that's that's our kind of starting commitment. Yeah. Uh, I think if we can nail that. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll we'll be tremendously proud, but yeah. at the same time, we will continuously look at opportunities to expand it. Wonderful, yeah. And and you did use the uh, the words earlier, Dave, already, which I'm not uh, very good at. You said be patient, and I think you used it in the context <laughs> of JetBlue. But you can hear I get excited, I get carried away, and I want it all tomorrow. So, <laughs> uh, l- listen, um, it, it's it's something that I've had to get comfortable with myself, yeah, um, as well. <laughs> and you know, working with Anker, like I said, he's got an infectious appetite to yeah. to continuously. Um, challenges to improve wonderful um but but you know i sometimes kind of look at him and <laughs> he he kind of he sees my face now in 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 some ways and okay. the expressions i have um <laughs> and he he knows when i'm kind of going okay let's let's kind of let's 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 pump the brakes here for a minute um <laughs> sure because i i you know I, I love the fact that that there are many different layers that we can kind of go to here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the other thing as well, just before we end, is I actually think that this can be a huge stimulus, by the way, to the travel industry. And hence, we've created this this um, this yeah. ecosystem yeah. Um, where you can transfer on a one to one basis to all of these airlines and hotels. Yeah. And this is an opportunity for our partners to get access to the younger demographic. Um, so it's mainly millennial and Gen Z yeah. that are in this kind of space. Yeah. And these this is an audience that hasn't yet really established a loyalty to a specific um, travel company. You're right. So by tapping into that, we're actually stimulating and and we're opening up the opportunity of travel to them. Yeah. Um, And I think, and it kind of goes back to my my comment about educational elements as well. Mm. So educating them on how they can maximize their points with our travel partners Mm. is also an opportunity to really educate them on the power of loyalty programs and how it can open up the whole globe to them. Mm. Um, So I do see this not just solving for the real estate and housing, Mm -hmm. but it also can be a stimulus to travel. Yes. Yeah. And you used another lovely term as well, Dave, earlier, which was a lifelong loyalty program. Mm-hmm. And um, and I totally hear that coming through in this concept. And certainly with my experience, every piece of research that I have seen on loyalty with Gen Z and with younger customers exactly says loyalty is not working for them. Like there yeah. actually is a major problem with, yes, the, the idea, they love the concept, they totally bought into the idea of reciprocity. And then they look at the reality and they go, oh, not for me. It's it's just not working. So I think you've actually, you know, stimulated a lot of people to realize that core problem. And as you said, identify something that's hugely relevant for the first time. Totally. Um, and I think that's going to be very important. So bringing all those things together. So educating them on the value proposition. Yeah. Allowing them to realize value early through redemption. Mm-hmm. And continuously being, um, continuously listening and understanding their their needs, their concerns, um, the challenges that they have, and seeing if there's ways in which we can address those. Yeah, um, I think allows us to continuously be relevant. Um, and then, of course, building out partners who want to be part of that ecosystem yeah. um, to ensure that the overall 
um, experience continues to, 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 to build um, mm. is going to be important. My goodness. Well, I have to say, Dave, I'm I'm utterly inspired by what you're doing. Uh, I think you can hear it coming through. I totally drunk the Kool-Aid. Um, <laughs> so I think there'll be lots of people who probably want to get in touch with you and follow your work, Dave. So where's the best place for people to find you? Sure. Uh, they can reach out to me at Dave at builtrewards.com. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very simple. Um, so happy to, to uh, take their questions, uh, follow up. Um, or if they're interested in partnering with us, I'm happy to, to hear what those opportunities are as well. Wonderful. Um, and I may actually be at the loyalty conference in Dubai uh, in October. Oh, um, my goodness. So, so we'll see. OK, well, we will make sure there's a, a prime seat available for you, Dave. And just as you say, built rewards, I thought a couple of times we should really be clear that's B-I-L-T. Um, yes. So just in case people are confused, I'll obviously make sure to link to you and to built rewards as well in the show notes as well, Dave, obviously, to make sure people can find you and they can obviously reach out to me as well if they want to get to you. So that's That's it. Any final closing comments before we wrap up? No, terrific, Paula. Thanks very much for having me on. I really enjoy the show. Uh, I'm an avid listener. Um, And, you know, as somebody who has been in loyalty for, for, I'm just shy of 30 years. Oh, wow. um, You know, it, it's it's great to to have have um, have an Irish person lead this type of um, initiative with your podcast. It's tremendous. Thank you. Oh, oh, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Well, listen, Dave Canty, head of loyalty and partnerships at Built Rewards. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. This show is sponsored by the Wise Marketeer, the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news insights and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 170 executives in 20 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like me to send you the latest show each week, simply sign up for the show newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and I'll send you the latest episode to your inbox every Thursday. Or just head to your favorite podcast platform, find Let's Talk Loyalty and subscribe. Of course, I'd love your feedback and reviews and thanks again for supporting the show.